My message will be the truth and power of God's word number two. But before we get there, let's look at some news and then we'll take a break. Here, this was a little comedy sent to me. How do you avoid divorce? So here it shows a picture, I'll show it to you, of an isolated cabin. Okay? And those who were contemplating divorce were sent there. Okay? So here's what it was. It was in Baratine, a Ramonian village. The church had a room where couples wanting a divorce were placed together for two weeks with just one bed, one chair, one table, one plate, and one spoon. And they had to stay there. And what did that do for the divorce rate? It reduced it down to one divorce in 300 years. So that sounds like a pretty good way to solve some problems, right? Get together. Put down all your presumptuousness, preconceived notions, hurt feelings, damaged egos, and understand what Russell Kemp brought out, that you have today. Now, I don't have these in any particular order, but here's one. San Francisco put it on citizen in office. And, of course, that's the whole plan of the Democrats to destroy the country. And they are sent by God, as we will find out in my message, because the people have left God. Now, I don't care who you are, where you are, whether you're converted or unconverted, If you don't believe in God, and if you don't give credit to God for what he has done, sooner or later, Satan takes over and runs the show, and everything is destroyed. And it starts out with what we have. Inflation. It's not going to cease, but increase. Here's what's happening to church buildings. A dramatic rise in church attacks, 800% increase in five years. If you believe anti-Christian attacks have skyrocketed over the last decade, you're right. Attacks on churches have increased 800% in less than six years and more than doubled over last year, according to a new report from the Family Research Council. Now, That also includes this. Too much of what is called Christianity is a fantasy in non-biblical things, which leads to Satanism and destruction of what they believe. 
And remember, when there is gross sin on an expanded level within any population, God stirs up the enemy as a means to bring them to repentance if they will. Concerning the Middle East and the coming king of the north, the Germans are planning on rearming, instituting the draft, and here to help the passage of European ships from the east through the Suez Canal to Europe, Germany is sending a frigate and it heads towards the Red Sea for a planned European mission to protect ships. Okay. How many here experienced an outage this week? Well, there are a lot of outages spread about throughout all the United States. And the sum of it was that these were test runs by various hackers and Chinese. Now remember, people are so into everything being on a computer, digitized, on a smartphone, and in the cloud. But, If you don't have electricity, it's gone. Need to keep that in mind. That's why I keep saying that. You need to get a hard copy. Now there's coming this, okay. Here concerning Christianity in America. We're on the precipice of Christian invisibility. Why? Because of all the false teachings by that which is called Christianity in America is receiving the judgment of God because they are willingly blinded, and we'll talk about it a little later, and they actually hate God, though they profess Jesus Christ. How do they do that? They hate the laws of God. They say the Old Testament is not valid. And so God is diminishing them. And the first major strike against them was COVID-19. Now then, one last item. And then we'll take a break. Have you heard of Neuralink? You know what Neuralink is? Well, you go online and look it up. And your friend, Elon Musk, remember he's the hero to rescue Twitter, which is now called X. So everybody could freely express what they wanted to express and take away the censorship that was there, and everybody said, oh, Elon Musk is a hero. All right. Turn the coin. Here's the other side of Elon Musk. Billionaire Elon Musk said, 
progress is good with the first neural link implanted in the brain of a man. And they said that by his thoughts, he could control the mouse movement on the screen of a computer. Now, that's quite a detailed operation, and they have approval from the FDA to do it. See? And they discussed on the news, huh, what if they use this for something that is not good or that is evil? And the expert said, we need to be aware of that and be on guard. But you see, if you put that in, they put it in back here. Mark of the beast will be on the right hand or in the forehead. And they have ways of programming things and putting programs in there that you know nothing about. And they will never tell you because they want to use that at the time that they want to use it to absolutely control everyone. Not just buying and selling. Who you are, where you are, what you do, what you say, what you speak, what you buy, what you sell, who are your friends. And if they don't, if you don't meet their criteria, you will be cut off. So the mark of the beast is going to be much more dangerous than anybody ever thought. Of course, they start out with happy times, like in Sweden. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. We all have the mark. We, we all have the little digital thing right here in our hand. We can open doors, unlock doors. We can telephone. We can do all the digital things right here in our hand. We can buy, we can sell. It's all convenient. Huh. Wait until they're ready. And then it will be a different story. Okay? Because, like Russell Kemp said, Take advantage of today, because we don't know what's coming tomorrow. Now, we know some of the things, and we'll cover them after the break. So let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back in 20. Welcome back to Sabbath Services. Let's continue now with truth and power of God's Word. Let's just talk a little bit about prophecy and things being fulfilled. We know in looking at the prophecies, and we'll see here a little bit later, everything that's going on is fulfilling prophecy. Now, how powerful and true is the Word of God? Now, Dwight Blevins gave me a call, and he said, Fred, 
He said, I want you to look at the front of the Bible. And he says, we've had it all these years. And here it is on the front of the Bible telling everybody what's in the Bible. So if you just close your Bible and look at the cover, you will see in the emblem, it says, your word is the truth. John 17, 17. On every Bible, and that is true. Now, let's see a demonstration of how true it is even on something that might seem trivial. Let's come to Daniel, the 12th chapter. And this is a prophecy for the end time. And this is a prophecy we can see every day. All right? Verse 4, Daniel 12. Here we go. Verse 4, Daniel 12. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Now, how long is the time of the end? We don't know in numbers of years. We can only know by events and things that take place. Now read the next sentence. Many, want you to circle that word and remember it. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Let's just take the phrase, many shall run to and fro. What do we have today? People can go by roller skate, by skateboard, by scooter, by bicycle, by electric bicycle, by motorcycles, by cars, by trucks, by buses, by planes, large ones, small ones, by boats. Okay? Everybody's going to and fro. So the word many... And you think of it worldwide in every country, in every city, and everything that goes on. Many means what? Billions, right? Just coming here to services today. I went one by one house. And guess how many cars were there? One house. On a corner, six cars. Now, there may have been some visiting, but it was at the time of day that they indicates they were there at night. Now, we have increase in knowledge as well. What has that led to? More sin, more iniquity, more death, some astonishing things. Okay. Now then, let's come here to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Let's see something else here, okay? Let's look at the word many again. Matthew 7 and verse 13. And let's look and see 
that one word again, many. Verse 13, enter in through the, through, through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter through it. And isn't that true? And with the prophecies that are coming, okay. For he says, for narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and few. Huh. Isn't that also true to the other extreme? Few are those who find it. Okay. Then he defines it about false prophets. How many are there? Many. Hundreds. Using the name of Jesus, just as Jesus said. Many shall come in my name saying, I am the Christ. Right? Okay. Come down here to verse 22. Let's see something very interesting. Now, let's also understand this. God is caused to be published in many different ways in 3,000 languages, the Bible. So it's available. And today, with all the digitizing and things that we have, and all of the hard publications that we have, people have it ready right there. Do not all the so-called Christian pastors and preachers and cardinals and bishops and priests, don't they all have Bible? Do they open them and read them? Yeah, they do. And they take some verses here and some verses there. But what happens? What happens when people discount the truth and power of God's word? They blind themselves. Therefore, they are willingly ignorant. Now, you can go online and you can ask for, oh, send me the writings of those Protestants who believe that the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, and you will find every single denomination admits that the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, but they steadfastly close their eyes and harden their minds and their hearts and deliberately blind themselves because they won't obey. But when the resurrection happens, here's what it's going to be. Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. And don't they say, if you say this little prayer, Lord, Lord, come into my life? Huh. We have to come to Christ. 
We can't command that he comes to us. And we have to come to Christ his way, right? Okay. But the one who is doing the will of my Father who is in heaven, what is the will of the Father? Well, Russell Kemp gave a very good summary of that. We have to believe God. We have to obey God. We have to love him with all our hearts and mind and soul and being. Isn't that correct? Yes, indeed. Okay. Verse 22, many, there it is again, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy through your name? Did we not cast out demons through your name? And did we not perform many works of power through your name? Now, what is Jesus going to say? Okay, fellows, line up here. Here's are your merit badges for all that you did. <laughs> He's not going to do that. He's going to say, I will confess to them, I never knew you. Now, I want you to think about the power and truth of God's word. Many and never. Though they profess his name, you do not know God or Christ unless you do as First John 2 and verse 4. Okay? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? The one who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is what? A liar. Okay? That's what Jesus said. Okay? Now notice, I will confess to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness. That means against law. God's laws. See? And don't we have it in Matthew 24, the prophecy that what? Lawlessness will what? Multiply. And don't we have that today? Everywhere, increasing. Why? Because of these very ministers, as we will see. Okay? He goes on saying, verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and practices them, does them, lives by them, I will compare him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock, and the rains came down. We'll see that a little later. That's trial, troubles, and difficulties in the world. And the floods came overwhelming circumstances, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, but it did not fall. For it was founded upon the rock, and then the one who built it on the sand with no foundation. Okay. Now let's look at another thing concerning the word of God. 
Since we're here in Matthew, just turn the page back to Matthew 5. Okay? Matthew 5, here we go. Okay? We've read this how many times? Is this in every Bible that the Protestants have? That the Catholics have? In their churches and in their homes? Yes, it is. Do they read it and believe it? No, they do not. And that's why the, the truth and power of God's world, of the destruction that's coming on this nation and the world, is going to happen in an overwhelming way that is going to be absolutely astonishing. So let's read it. At the time, God says this, Christ did. Who was Christ, the Son of God? What did he say of the Word of God? Right on the front of the Bible, your word is the truth. Did he ever speak a lie? Did he ever tell something that was not true? Did not every word that he spoke take place? Yes. So he says this, do not think. And that means don't let it enter your mind. That I have come to abolish the law of the prophets, I did not come to abolish but to fulfill, which means to complete. Now remember this. There's one lawgiver, and that is God. And if there's any change to the law, it's not to abolish it so that you have liberty to sin. It's to replace it with the full spiritual meaning of his word. That's what Christ came to do. That's why we are to obey in the spirit, not just in the letter. And the laws that Jesus changed took place in two ways. All of the priestly laws and all the sacrificial laws were replaced with spiritual prayer, spiritual sacrifice through the grace of God, direct connection to God. And as it says in John 4, that we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. Okay? That's a higher level than coming to a temple and offering an offering. Because it's your mind and your conscience to God. And if you have the Spirit of God in you, which you should have after baptism, we are to grow in grace and knowledge and increase in that. See? So that's how the law was improved to be spiritually applicable. Okay? Not doing away with the law or the prophets because we will see every word that God has said in prophecy, is going to happen. All right? So then he said here, Truly, truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth shall pass away. Still here, right? 
hasn't passed away, right? How applicable is the law today? He says, one jot or one tittle shall in no way pass from the law until everything has been fulfilled. That means the completion of God's plan is defined in Revelation 21 through 22. Hasn't happened. Okay. Let's come to Luke 16. All right. Luke 16. We'll see something very similar here. Luke 16 and verse 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Now, does that mean he's done away with them? No. Because he said that he didn't come to abolish them. But what does it mean? It means this. Before Christ came, with the beginning of his ministry by John the Baptist, the law and the prophets were the final authority for every way to live. Okay? After Christ has come, we are to live by every word of God, as Jesus said, defined by him and brought out, and as we know in Hebrews the 10th chapter, we are to have the laws and commandments of God written in our minds and in our hearts. Now, that's better than on clay tablets, right? That's better on tablets of stone, correct? Yes. In other words, now it has to be internalized. Okay? From that time, the kingdom of God is preached. That's the whole gospel of Jesus Christ and the setting up of the kingdom of God and everyone zealously strives to enter into it. That's what we are to do. Zealously strive to get there. Now, verse 17. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away. Still here, right? Then for one tittle of the law to fail. It will not fail. The prophecies of God, the word of God, the laws of God will not fail. Okay? Remember, Jesus also said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And he said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. All right? Now let's come back here to the book of Ezekiel. We're going to spend a little time in Ezekiel, and I'll probably have another couple of messages uh, dealing with the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel has prophecies relating to that time, beginning with the exile of the children of Israel in the northern ten tribes in 732 B.C. to the area north of Babylon. Okay, then there was a final invasion later, and then there was the prophecies in Ezekiel concerning Jerusalem, and so there are many different levels of prophecies that are in the book of Ezekiel, and they're not all in chronological order, but there are some here and some there and some someplace else. Let's come to verse 21, Ezekiel 12. Let's see what God says. 
Remember, Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or tittle shall pass from the law or the prophets. Now let's read verse 21, Ezekiel 12. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, what is this proverb that have concerning the land of Israel saying, the days are prolonged and every vision shall fail? Well, that's what they're saying about the prophecies of the Old Testament today. That's what they said back there about Ezekiel's prophecies, about Jeremiah's prophecies. Therefore, tell them, thus says the Lord of God, I will make this proverb to cease. How is he going to make it cease? He tells us. And they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel, but say to them, the days are at hand. Now, that's a prophecy for any prophecy that it being fulfilled at any time through all the things that Ezekiel has said. There comes a time when the days are at hand and the fulfillment of every vision. And that is the vision of Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of the 12 minor prophets. Okay. For there shall never again be any vain visions or flattering divinations within the house of Israel. That's ultimately what's going to happen. That's a prophecy which reaches into the millennium. Now notice verse 25. For I the Lord, will speak. And the word that I shall speak shall be done. Not going to fail. It shall no more be delayed, for in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and will do it. Now, we're going to read some pretty heavy things that are going to happen here in America. They're starting to take place now. Now is the time to give the Ezekiel warning and witness to not only the church, but to as much of the world as we can. Okay? I will do it, says the Lord God. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, the house of Israel says, The vision he sees is for many days to come, and he prophesies of the times that are far off. Yes, that is true for some of the prophecies. But are we many days removed from what Ezekiel had here? Is it removed far off, and it is it here now? Okay. Yes. Now notice verse 28. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord, there shall no, none of my words be delayed anymore. When it comes time to do it, it will be done. You find that also in Revelation 10, 
where the angel told John, there is no more delay. Okay? But the word which I have spoken shall be done, says the Lord God. Now, that's pretty heavy indeed, right? Okay. Let's come to Isaiah. We'll come back to Ezekiel. But let's come to Isaiah. Isaiah 57. Let's come to verse 15. Because this tells us about the truth and power of God's word. And all of these, all of these prophecies, as terrible as they will be, are going to happen. Now, in our lifetime, as we see these things beginning to accumulate and take place, we need to prepare. We need to have extra food. We need to have extra water. We need to have whatever extra else you think you need. Okay. Now, all these things are going to be done by the word of God, as he says, because he's God. Now, verse 15, Isaiah 57. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. Now, if you're kind of into doldrums, and you want to really be inspired, you go to the Jack Webb website and look up the latest catalog of new discoveries in the universe. And what an absolute inspiring thing to see and to understand that there, somewhere there, God is living and he's creating these things now. What is he creating them for? He's creating them for his plan, for his family. See, like Paul wrote, and it's also in Isaiah, the eye has not seen nor the ear heard the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Okay. Yes. But he has revealed them to us, what? By his spirit. Because these things are also spiritually understood. Okay. He says, I dwell in the high and holy place, even with the one who is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones because that's what God is interested in. And what did God say is how we are to worship God. How? In spirit and in truth. See? One of the most important things about our conversion is, and we sometimes lay back and don't even think of it because too many people happen to think that they're okay. But how much evil is generated into your mind just by watching the daily television or the ads that are there, which most of them now are demonic, and the movies and things like that. So that's why Jesus said, every day when we pray to God, we ask forgiveness for our sins. See? 
And the longer you're in the church, the longer you have the Spirit of God, the more that you read the Word of God. And it takes time, over time, over time, over time, and repetition. Then you begin to see the real depths of the evil that's in the mind. Now, if you don't believe me, go read Romans 7 about how Paul had to fight against sin within. See? What God is doing is taking his spirit, and as we grow in grace and knowledge, he is replacing the evil with his word, with his love, with his truth. Okay? Now let's come over here to chapter 58 and verse 1. Here's what we are to do. And this is incumbent upon every elder in the church. See? As Jesus has said, the most important thing for us as elders to do is to teach the word of God. We are not to rule over brethren. We are to help them to rule their own lives with the Spirit and the Word of God. See? And be converted. That's how it comes. But as far as the things in the world and the things that are taking place, and yes, even people within the church of God, Isaiah 58 and verse 1, cry aloud. It doesn't say, now be gentle and kind and polite. And by the way, don't offend any little sensitive feelings of people because they may not like you. <laughs> See? No. It says, cry aloud and spare not and lift up your voice like a ram's horn and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. That's what God wants to the world and to the church, every one of us. And everyone who reads the Bible, let it correct you. Let it penetrate deep into your heart and into your mind. And as you've seen with all the elders bringing their messages and they're doing a great job and they're improving greatly in everything that they are going to do and are doing. So likewise, with all the brethren, we need to have the teachings that give us knowledge and understanding of God's way and a closeness to God with his spirit and with his love so we can love him the way we ought to, okay? But in the world, here it is with the Israelites. Yet they seek me daily and seem eager to know my ways as a nation that does righteousness and one that does not forget the ordinance of God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They seem eager to draw nearer to God. Thus say, they say, okay? So they say, why have we fasted? Why have we done all of this? And you take knowledge Take knowledge, 
no knowledge of it, okay? He says, last part of verse 3, Behold, in the day of your fast you pursue your business and exploit all your workers. Behold, you fast for strife and debate to strike with the fist of wickedness. You cannot fast as you do this day and expect to make your voice to be heard on high. Okay? So what does God do? He wants someone, he says there in verse 5, that will afflict his soul, that will bow down his head, that will come to God and be thankful and grateful in, in depth of heart and mind and soul and with joy, yet with tears, for the greatness of what God has done. Okay, so then God says here, let's come to chapter 59. Let's see the world that we are in, and let's see the problems that we are facing. Okay, and it's going to take far more than putting Trump into office. It's going to take far more than just some few people turning to God. Although all those who turn to God in sincerity and truth, God will honor and recognize and call. But the majority of it is, and all you have to do is look at the news. Okay, We are in trouble. A lot of people say, well, we need to return to God. Well, they only come back to Sunday keeping. Okay? They don't get very far. Verse 1, Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities. That's talking about Israel today. Look at the sins that they have in breaking the commandments of God with all the crime, with all the abortions, with all the, the robbing and stealing and the influx of immigrants that God has sent as punishment to this nation. And stop and think, those Chinese that come, they've even found some of them out at the rifle range practicing using their weapons. Now, what do you suppose that is for? To buy twiddly winks at 7-Eleven? No. God prophesied the captivity of Israel. And it is coming. And Obama has his million-man army. Okay? Here's the reason. Verse 2, but your iniquities have come between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. And remember what God told Jeremiah? He told him three times, do not pray for these people, for I will not hear you. See? For your hands are defiled with blood. Yes. 62 million abortions to say nothing of war, of crime, of accidents. Okay? 
and your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies. And isn't that all we hear from the majority of the politicians, especially the one who is called our president today? He is the liar in chief. Your tongue has uttered perverseness. And isn't that true? Perverseness and transgenderism. And now they want to pass the laws that if the parents don't agree with their child's stupid decision to change gender, which they can't, they can take the children away from the parents and take them into the hospital and do whatever they want to do with them with the Mangala operations that the Germans were doing during World War II. All right, let's go on. So here we are. There is a few people out there calling for justice. There are few people out there calling for change, but they're not calling for it in a way that is going to be anything successful because they're not told the truth of the heavy hand of the power of God and the power of God's word. Like we read, God said, he said it, he will do it. He said it, he will do it. He said it, he will do it three times. Okay? None calls for justice, nor does anyone plead for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch adder's eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats their eggs dies, and when it is crushed, it breaks out into a viper. And that's a way of explaining demonism running rampant, and that's what we have today, right? Yes, indeed. Oh, but it comes in nice things that Disney does. Look at the ads for some of the movies. All demonic. Look at the movies. All war and destruction and killing. And that's telling you what's coming. Verse 6, Their web shall not become clothing, nor shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the acts of violence are in their hands. Their feet run to evil and make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. Does that not define exactly what's happening in America and in the world today? Yes, it is. Prophesy. And God is going to bring the solution when Christ returns. Okay. Now here shows the reason why. Verse 8. They have not known the ways of peace. There is no justice in their ways. They have made crooked paths for themselves. Whoever goes therein shall not know peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We wait for light, but behold darkness for brightness, and we walk in deep shadows. We grope along the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as if in the night. Among those who are sitting, we are like dead men. 
That describes this whole nation very adequately in everything that's being done, starting in the churches and in the government, starting right in the presidency. Now, there are a few in Congress trying to do some things that are right, and I commend Speaker Johnson. He says his favorite Bible passage is Psalm 37. You might read that. God will honor with all this evil going on, even some of those attempts to do right according to the word of God. But it won't last long. Okay? So let's finish up here. Verse 12. For our transgression are multiplied before you. Sin after sin after sin after sin just laid one upon the other. Okay? And our sins testify against us, for our transgressions are with us, and as far as our iniquities, we know them, but they don't want to stop from it. Huh? What are you going to do with the youth population, which 30% of them declare that they are non-binary, meaning they're homosexual? What are you going to do with a population like that? God says it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. In rebellion and denial of the Lord, verse 15, and turning away from our God, talking perversities, revolt, conniving and speaking from the heart words of falsehood, and justice is driven backward, and righteousness stands far off, for truth has fallen in the streets, and uprightness cannot enter in. That's where we are. Next verse, 15, yea, truth fails. Try and tell anybody about the truth of God, and they will look at you with the strangest look possible. Because they have never heard anything like it. Okay? Truth fails. Well, we'll have to pick it up there next time because there's a lot to cover. We can't cover it all at once. Now, just remember this. Ezekiel has prophecies for his day, Prophecies for Jerusalem, its first destruction and its second destruction. Prophecies for Israel at that time. Israel into the last days. And so all of these are woven together in the book of Ezekiel. And when we read some of these other things next week, we are going to see that it's going to be really Heavy, heavy stuff to take. See? But God will look for those who moan and groan for the iniquities of Israel. And he will give protection and he will give peace as much as the circumstances will allow. So these words and these messages must go out and like God told Ezekiel, whether they will hear and do 
or forbear and forget. The choice will be up to everyone. So we need God to strengthen us and help us and guide us in everything we do.